Support for this podcast comes from Blackline and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Jim Zakis, Chief Financial Officer of Tegan Point Consulting Group, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode number 234. As a finance leader, are you driving driving change in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? Hello, we're speaking to Marty Sluzar, CFO of iQuante, a data-driven digital marketing company. That wasn't the case here. It was a huge startup, and we had to get ready for a huge national product launch. So there was no playbook. We started with a clean sheet of paper and had to put together a plan and then rapidly execute on it. Could we hire and train the team in time? Could we build the systems and infrastructure and would it be able to handle the volume? And could we build the tools to properly navigate the business without a dry run or actual experience to test it first? Listen to our complete interview with Marty after these words from our sponsor. Many accounting and finance professionals are facing a sizable obstacle these days. In this age of data enlightenment, their financial close processes leave no time for data analysis. The very activity that opens the door to new opportunities and career advancement. Blackline has the answer. By automating, centralizing, and streamlining financial close operations, Blackline customer organizations are now ready for the data-centric world, allowing their finance and accounting professionals to open the door to new opportunities. To learn more, visit blackline.com forward slash CFO. Hello, we're speaking to Marty Sluzar, CFO of iQuanti, a digital marketing company. And uh, we're going to be interested in hearing about iQuanti and some of the products and services it offers, Marty. But first, if you don't mind, we'd like to begin by finding out a little bit about you and what were those career experiences that helped prepare you for a CFO role? Jack, it's a pleasure to be with you today, and I thank you very much for having me on. Um, there's there's a couple of milestones I'd like to share with you. Uh, the first one I want to share starts with meeting the mentor of my lifetime. Uh, way back in my early days, about the first third of my career, I held mostly staff jobs. I had a position in a wide array of different functional areas, audit, financial systems, financial analysis, pricing, budgeting, and accounting department roles. And they were all interesting and all that, but in all honesty, I, I really wasn't feeling it. I, I wasn't feeling passionate about what I was doing, and I didn't believe I was making a difference that I wanted to. Then I wound up in the best staff job I ever had, working for a person who became the mentor of my lifetime. A lot of people think about mentoring that you find them by seeking them out or having them assigned to you in some kind of program. That's not my story. Circumstances brought us together, and I believe now in hindsight that my reaction to these circumstances is what started our relationship off on a really positive note, and from there it just kept going. So how we met is my, my mentor, Will, called me up one day to his office. He'd just shown up in the complex the week before. Nobody knew who he was or what his role was going to be. 
and at that time I was working six to seven days a week during budget season, barely keeping my head above water, Will cut right to the chase and said, I was just given responsibility for 17 different departments. I never met the people I'm now responsible for. I've got two weeks to pull together a budget for everything and a plan for next year. I've got no staff and need some help. Will you help me? So my first thought was sort of tell him I'm crazy busy, and there's no way I could help him. So would he understand? Probably. But then I thought, how could I not help him? So I said, it's my busiest time of the year, and I've got no idea now how this could work, but give me a day, and I'll come back to you with a plan, and we'll get it done. So long story short, it all worked out, and he was delighted, and so was I. Fast forward several months after that, there was a reorganization in the area I was working in, and I wound up working directly for Will. He gave me lots of freedom and support and visibility, and I loved it. And it made me realize that being a CFO was what I wanted to do. It had the strategic focus I was looking for. It covered a wide range of areas to make improvements in the business. And I love leading teams of people to get stuff done. So the second milestone I want to share with you is now my first time CFO role, which I call the big turnaround. So the good news is that I got my first CFO role shortly after the job I just described. And guess who put in a strong recommendation for me? Will. It was a small division, but it had big problems and needed a top-to-bottom overhaul. The business model didn't work. So in this role, I felt the full responsibility of being the CFO. The challenges of the assignment made me realize that employees were depending on me to make the right decisions, and they were counting on me for their jobs and their career. I felt this huge burden, and it was heavier than any other I had experienced. I remember thinking, so is this what it's like to be a CFO? Am I sure this is what I wanted? Am I even capable of doing this? And the worst thought was, is my career as a CFO over before I even complete the first assignment? So in all honesty, early on, I had serious doubts and I had a confidence problem. So the pressure had an impact on me physically. I wasn't sleeping well and also had periodic bouts with shortness of breath. I was overwhelmed by the enormity of what was on my plate. But then I don't know how or what drove it, but I slowly began to pull it together. And I made sure the team and I were always working on what the most important things were. So one by one, things got done, and we wrote the story of a major turnaround. After losing loads of money the year before, we turned a profit the next year. So at that point, I knew we made a difference, and I felt great about the outcome, and I knew I was ready for the next challenge. The third milestone was a startup, and the company had big plans for the business I worked in. Often, when you hear the word startup, you think something small. But that wasn't the case here. It was a huge startup, and we had to get ready for a huge national product launch. So there was no playbook. We started with a clean sheet of paper and had to put together a plan and then rapidly execute on it. So this was certainly 
a far cry from the turnaround situation I described before. The growth plans, albeit more invigorating than a turnaround, pose significant challenges nonetheless. Could we hire and train the team in time? Could we build the systems and infrastructure, and would it be able to handle the volume? And could we build the tools to properly navigate the business without a dry run or actual experience to test it first? We had tons of anxiety about getting it all done, but the short answer is we, we could do it, and we did it. We hired a strong team, we designed the financial infrastructure, and we designed the metrics and the monitoring systems to navigate the business. So we definitely had to make some adjustments on the fly, no doubt, but it all worked out in the end. So although the circumstances of this milestone were different than all the others I had faced, I was still able to draw from other experiences. So there's no doubt lessons of the past can't always be applied to problems of the present or the future, but those past successes give you confidence every time. Also, I became more experienced in leading teams, and I discovered ways to make the teams more effective through enhanced delegation and empowerment. Through these milestones, I realized that I was by nature an operationally oriented CFO who collaborated with others to improve results. They provided the launching pad for larger roles that would soon come my way. So when you arrive in the, in the uh, CFO office, um, what is the type of job that you want to create for yourself? So, Jack, that's a great question, and, and what I've learned over my career is that the best chance of being a successful CFO is to start the role fully aligned with your CEO partner on strategy, the business model, priorities, and a whole range of operational issues. So before I stepped into my last two roles, I had extensive discussions with the CEOs to ensure we were aligned on all that stuff. So on day one, when I started, there was no ambiguity. I was able to hit the ground running. So in the case of iQuanti, there's three major things I'm focused in on right now. First is to develop a U.S. GAAP-compliant set of financial statements and processes. That's going to be the starting point for many things we're going to be doing. Second is to establish or improve financial and business planning and analysis functions and through this, help enhance overall operational execution in the entire business. So to make us better, more efficient, faster. And third is to determine the financing needs and raise funding as required. So there's many more things on the list, but these are the top three. And the good news is I've done these things before and have been successful. The CFO role I had prior to this one was very similar in terms of size of company and although everybody's got a unique playbook, there's no doubt that I can leverage lots of learnings from my last assignment to bring about positive changes here. Is there something when you arrived and you looked over the, uh, the talent you had on your team, uh, sort of where the resources were allocated, did you uh, in any way have to reorganize finance or do things differently? Um, I did look at the team, and I'm happy to say that uh, we've continued to I don't know, test each other, get more familiar with each other over time. They're located remotely, uh, nine and a half hour time zone away. So, uh, communication is a, is a key thing we focus in on. Basically catching up every morning to make sure we're on track on what the assignments are for that particular day. 
we've gone through some things getting ready for our financial audit, which give me um, a great assessment of, of what the team is capable of doing. So let's find out something about iQuanti and the products and services uh, that it offers today. I'll start with our customers. You know, who our customers are, are any company who spends money in what's called digital marketing. And what's that? That's social media, email marketing, mobile marketing, display advertising, or search advertising. So the spending in all these areas is huge, and so many companies are in this marketplace. This marketplace is growing rapidly. And when you have spending of this nature by individual companies, you also wind up with a rapidly growing digital marketing support services opportunity. And that's the area we play in. So customers are spending, creating a big opportunity for us, and the market's growing very rapidly. The better news is that we're even growing faster than the market by two or three times. And we feel that there's a significant and continuing large opportunity in providing services to large and mid-sized companies and help them adapt to digital space by leading with our primary strength, which is data and analytics, along with marketing and technology solutions. So is there competition in the space? Absolutely there is. But we feel our focus on data and analytics, as our name iQuanti suggests, has differentiated us in the marketplace already. We've gained traction and our, our appearance in the Fast 500 list of fastest growing companies for the past three years in a row supports this. Okay, then what are the numbers that you're paying attention to on a daily basis? These are the metrics that you look at before that first cup of coffee. What are they? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm an early bird, Jack. I get up every day at 4.30 and my first cup of coffee happens about 10 minutes later. Not too many things get looked at before then. But uh, the key metrics first thing in the morning has been a key. When I worked at Discover Financial Services, we published key metrics every day to the top 100 executives before 7.30 each morning. And that ensured that everybody was focused on what's important and knew what was important every day, uh, not only before their first cup of coffee, but before they even sat down in their chair. What we focus on each week, first of all, sales opportunities. How are we approaching each and every one? How are we uh, closing leads? And we monitor every opportunity all the way through a sales funnel. The second thing we look at is revenues for each customer. We focus on how we can offer greater value to each customer as the engagement develops. As the engagement develops, we become more and more aware of how we can provide that value. And this strategy has proven very successful since most engagements start out small and have proven to expand over time as we help our clients save money and increase leads and customers. The more we speak to finance leaders these days, it it occurs to us that they're getting very focused on customer success and the customer relationship. What's what's iQuanti up to here? So we take customer success very seriously. We have account managers assigned to each particular uh, customer, and they are always in touch on general matters with their customer as well as to each and every engagement. So we work hard at keeping an open and regular dialogue going to make sure we get open and honest feedback every day. 
In addition, we engage an outside survey firm to take periodic satisfaction surveys with our customers several times a year. This information is reviewed at the senior management level and shared throughout the company at town hall meetings. So at Iquanti, every employee knows how we're doing on every customer engagement. We evaluate overall satisfaction with the engagement as well as each specific component of it on a one to seven scale. And in addition, we ask our clients how confident they are that our solutions are gonna deliver the expected return on investment. And last but not least, every person who is involved with the client in any way has customer satisfaction survey results as part of their performance review. This ensures accountability and we own the customer at every location. Okay, so we'd like you to share, Marty, now uh, the circumstances behind what we call an aha moment or a moment of strategic insight that you've experienced during your career as a CFO. What would that be? So probably the most significant aha moment I had had to do with forecasting the business results a while back. The lessons I learned through this aha moment were, one, experience, no matter how good or how long, can't trump fresh analysis that just makes sense. And second, maybe more importantly, is to always follow your instincts. Let me share a quick story with you. So while in the process of pulling together one of the first forecasts for a business I was working on at the time, the finance team obtained assumptions from all functional areas on which to build a forecast. While reviewing these assumptions, as well as the resulting forecast with business unit leadership, I just wasn't comfortable with the answer. I did not see how we were going to get from where we were today to the results of that forecast. Now, people who had prepared these estimates and assumptions were much more experienced than I was, both in business overall and within their respective functional areas specifically. So they all brought lots of credibility to the table. Plus my CEO, he was fine with it. But you know what, Jack, no matter how I looked at it, the answer made no sense to me. I just had to satisfy myself and do my own bottoms up forecast, obviously looking at everything from a fresh perspective because being the new kid on the block, that's all I had. So I took my analysis to the CEO, highlighting the different way I had looked at it, and also showing him clearly what you had to believe for the original forecast results to happen. Well, that effort captured him, and he, he began to doubt things himself. So he and I then began to share this information with higher levels of management, and my independent view got traction. In summary, we were heading for a disaster, and nobody knew it until that moment. As a result, we had more time to develop plans to mitigate negative outcomes, and that was my moment. So I concluded, you know, following your instincts is easily said but not easily done. You need courage, and you need confidence. So had I not followed my instincts, we would have headed into a train wreck but would not have known until it was too late. But... If I followed my instincts and I was wrong, my career may have been that train wreck. So as a CFO, the learning is inaction is not acceptable. 
and you need to take risks yourself so you can minimize the risk to the business. Wanted to find out about the workforce a little bit and the role you believe finance plays in the workforce. When it comes to the organization's workforce, what are your goals as a finance leader today? You mean in terms of satisfaction of the workforce, Jack, or in terms of uh, effectiveness, efficiency? Or yeah, well, exactly. What would your priorities be when it comes to Iquanti's workforce? What are you concerned about? Is it more performance or is it hiring or what would it be? Um, I think we have a good chunk of our highly technical people uh, located overseas. We have developed a very good recruiting program at excellent schools and at this point have been able to hire um, the people that we wanted to hire. So we're, we're getting the brains in the door that we wanted. What we're working out on now is to make sure that we keep those people trained, developed, and happy. So uh, that's no surprise, but if we're getting the right people, that means somebody else didn't get them. And as we do a better job in training them, they become even more attractive to other people who are looking for the same talent we are. So we work hard at culture. We work hard at employee satisfaction. We work hard at collaboration. We work hard at listening to what our people are saying, and we work hard at asking them what they're thinking. So as we form this great company, we want their insights into the culture that we're going to create. I mean, there are some definitely sacred things that we need, you know, we, we believe in, but we still need to hear from the people on what makes them happy, and we need to listen to them. So I think listening is key. So far, so good. Our trends on attrition are, are in a positive direction, and uh, we are happy with the knowledge and uh, skill that we have on our teams. Marty, we now come to the mentoring round where we ask you several quick questions to help inspire and mentor aspiring finance leaders. What's one thing that's exciting you about finance and business today? It's, it's the same thing that's inspired me all along, that, you know, we're doing more than moving numbers around. We're making them tell the story that needs to be told to optimize the business. and it's getting better performance based on what we do. So uh, my story about Will, when I felt the difference on what I was doing and how it translated into business results, that's been my inspiration since that point, uh, and it's been who I am. So, you know, if you're an operationally focused person and you're in finance, it's an exciting chair to sit in. It always has been. What is one thing you wish someone had told you at the start of your CFO career? What's that piece of information you wish you had? You know, don't be afraid to speak out. I mean, I think they got to know you're in the room right away. I think as time went early in the day, I think you sensed from my story that maybe my confidence wasn't at an all-time high. And I think you just need to, uh, you need to have it within your gut that, that you know, you can do it. And don't be afraid to speak out. And I think the other thing is don't be afraid to follow your instincts. I, I found that moment with the story I related. I think if I would have found it earlier, who knows what it would have been. But it's been a great ride no matter what. You know what? I work well with others. And so uh, that's one thing. I think I'm not trying to shame anybody into doing anything. I think that, you know, we just create an environment that 
people want to partner with us. I think it's firing the team. I, you know, at one employee survey before I started my last job at Discover, we had the lowest employees opinion surveys in the company. And three years later, after I started, we had the highest. So I pride myself in being able to motivate teams and, uh, and develop teams. Okay. Hey, I want to go back to, uh, we were talking about personal habits and you confided something earlier. You said you wake up at 4.30 every morning. Are you part of this uh, miracle morning phenomenon uh, or is this a habit you've always just had? Well, it's a combination of, uh, I love coffee, but it's also the quiet of the morning. So I really revel in time with my thoughts and time with the assignment before anybody gets in. And uh, I find that I'm most productive first thing out of the box. So even though I may be having a cup of coffee, uh, all the thoughts of the day are rolling around. So I, I actually find myself solving lots of questions that I had in my mind uh, during that quiet period of time. Finance thought leaders don't go anywhere. We're about to ask our finance leader guest for their business priorities over the next 12 months. But first, permit us 30 seconds to thank our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. All right, we have a, a final question for you, Marty. What are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months? So I think we're going to start on those three things we talked about. We're going to get our audit done. We're going to get our business assumptions validated and revalidated. We're going to take a look at the good success we've had over the last two years and, you know, project that out in the future. And uh, we're going to go there. We're going to build a special company over these next 12 months. And if we determine that we want to bring on some investors to do that, so be it, we will. Uh, if we don't, we won't. But I'm just going to take it sequentially, make no predetermined uh, assumptions and, and see where this all takes us, but we are at a great place in a great market with an excellent customer base and a great team. So I think it's the recipe for success. I am looking forward to the next 12 months. Marty Slusars, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Thank you very much, Jack. I appreciate it. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. At CFO Thought Leader, we wanted to give you, the listener, some added clout when it comes to selecting next season's CFO guests. We call it Listener's Choice. And in the months ahead, our Listener's Choice guests will enjoy some added box office clout as we advance the CFOs you most want to hear from into next season's CFO lineup. To learn more about CFO Thought Leader's Listener's Choice, 
visit us at cfothoughtleader.com or go ahead and email me at jack at cfothoughtleader.com. Hey, one last thing. It's no secret when we originated CFO Thought Leader, it was with iPhone users in mind. Android users, we have neglected you. And so to make amends, we just released a CFO Thought Leader mobile app just for you. It's now ready for download on Google Play and Amazon Android markets. No matter what world you're part of, thank you for listening.